better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Real Science Podcast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and pick about the science. My name's Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Crossham. I'm Michael Pace. Hey, y'all. This is a podcast where we watch movies and we talk about science every week, and we're very good at it and very professional. We are, and this week we watched Buckaroo Banzai and the Adventures <laughs> Across the Eighth Dimension, and yeah. yes, that is the name of the movie we watched this week. <laughs> well, that took a little bit too long didn't it to say it's the, mm-hmm. it's the whole name man it's the whole name it was also suggested to us by our patron jack crossan so thank you for the suggestion hope you thank like you, the jack. episode and uh this is about the time where we move into disclaimers but thankfully our loyal and loving patron matthew lacari uh, uh prepared something very very special mm-hmm. to tell you about our show ladies and gentlemen matthew lacari <laughs> thanks fellas you are listening to the real science cast where these three doctors are about to analyze the science and films that you request. You're about to hear some dirty, dirty words, and it is not safe for children. Seriously. They're about to use the words like clitorious and sperm. So strap the fucking cowboys and cowgirls and you gender neutral cows. Yeah! Wow. Wow. Really, really powerful stuff. Yeah, I have it's moving. Else. It's you know it's what? really moving. Quite moving. Yeah, it's um I feel I've moved. Got a little got a little teary eyed, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It really makes you think about um you know, death. <laughs> well really? I, I wouldn't I I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Are we listening to the same? I just thought all about how how you know legally protected we are from litigation <laughs> on, the, on our show because of how That's great the, the funniest the joke you told were. all DM, day tm 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 oh yeah so uh boogs i hate to tell you but now that you've sent us that it's fair use so you have forfeited all rights uh, to any royalties or anything that comes out of this show i apologize yeah, we've completely fair used it well and he gives his own money so he's losing twice yeah, exactly. If you really think about it, you're a Patreon, you're a patron, so you've just paid us to steal money from you, and we're sorry. <laughs> yes, thank you for your patronage, which means you paying us <laughs> to steal money from you. <laughs> uh, but we're not just here to steal Boogs' money. <laughs> we're also here to do a podcast. We're going to talk about the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai and all of his adventures across the eighth dimension. Do we want to? Do we want to roll some bones? Very quickly. I think there's one other disclaimer we have to add. Yeah, and I think that's we should that part I the veil. I haven't, I haven't seen this movie. Um, <laughs> so we did forewarn the listeners last time that that might be the case. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Ken and I had been preparing to record this one on our own, and Pace was suddenly available tonight. So he was like, you know, I'll just record, but I'm not going to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. So you guys can describe <laughs> the plot to me. So we're all going to have a real fun time describing the plot of this. Well, insane movie to Michael Pace. (laughs) I was going to say, we're not going to use up all of our airtime trying to make Pace do the plot either. So just Sean and I are going to (laughs) roll. Yes. I think that's probably for the best. We'd be here for a long time. (laughs) For the whole night. Let's do this. Here we go. All right. I'm ready. I'm fucking ready. Ooh. Okay. All right. You you want me to... Wait, really? Yeah. I got a seven. Nice. So you All right, can do it for you. Yeah, I'm doing so. I'm doing the plot. All right, man. I wow. thought that was a decent roll, but you always manage to. I always manage to somehow always get at least one lower fucking, than you. That's so weird how that happens. He always each time. Uh, manages to get under you. Hmm, it's almost like you're another. lying. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Let me yeah. just get a big sip of water. Hold on. Yeah, you thought I was going to make a lot of noise. <laughs> I didn't make any. <laughs> you didn't. That was a, the most silent drink of water I've ever seen. So I'm going to tell you guys about Buck, Dr. Buckaroo Banzai, who is uh, in in the plot of the movie is described as a polymath. He is a physicist, a neurosurgeon, a test pilot, and a rock musician. Uh, and this whole movie is about how he saves the world by defeating a band of inter- interdimensional aliens. Uh, so we open up 
through on what I think isn't that aren't they like finishing a a concert and they are literally like I think the very beginning of the movie is them like preparing a launch sequence for yeah, him I think to I, do his like car thing but I think he literally surgery he's doing that's like, it that's it he's ha- doing surgery, surgery with Jeff Goldblum, with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yes and then leaves the open heart surgery gets into a flight suit and then jumps into this giant uh like rocket-powered car uh, that contains a device that they call the oscillation overthruster that's supposed to allow you to pass through solid matter. So uh, it looks like everyone, including government officials and the president, uh, think that they're just testing the fastest car uh, on Earth, but instead he breaks protocol in the middle of the test and drives directly into a mountain and manages to pass through this mountain, and in doing so, he finds himself into another dimension and comes out on the other side of the uh, the mountain, having returned to Earth in our normal dimension. Um, and yes. then, yeah, yeah, and that is the first two minutes of the movie. Yes. <laughs> so what I got from that is that the oscillating overthruster is Fleshlight's new product, <laughs> right? Yeah. It lets you f- fuck a mountain. That's really you get, special. You get to go in one end and come out the complete other end. <laughs> complete it's pretty crazy. And that is how sex works. Yes. <laughs> that is how sex Boys works. Boys and girls. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's what you I've guys... been told, at least. Well, I mean, we're scientists, so it's true. So Yeah. Um, oh, it has to be. We're qualified. So basically, uh, he discovers that uh, there's an alien organism on the bottom of his car. They use this, like... They use the presence of this organism basically to, like, justify the experiment. And at some point, they have a... Uh, um, they have a press conference where they talk about this and they cover it. Um, but before that happens, uh, we're introduced to our very, very good friend, uh, Dr. Emilio Lizardo, who is played by John Lithgow, who is also in this movie for some reason. Um, Jonathan Lithgow. Mm-hmm. Jonathan mm-hmm. Lithgow, father of Bigfoot. Uh, Fre- yeah, fresh off Harry and the Hendersons, <laughs> ready to make another classic film. And he is currently uh, in, uh, j- no, he's not in jail, sorry. He is in a uh, mental facility mm-hmm. because he and his uh, compatriot, played by Dr. Hik- uh, or who is Dr. Hikita, uh, played by Robert Ito, whom loyal fans will remember, played Lieutenant Chang in Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, of course. I know. <laughs> yeah, you, sh- you would know, Sean, you fucking nerd. Yeah, you fucking Jeez. dort. Um, I love Star Trek. Come <laughs> at me. So basically, uh, Dr. Emilio Lazardo and Hikido were working on this prototype overthruster. Lazardo tested it before it was ready, and he goes flying into a wall uh, in which he gets his head stuck, and a bunch of aliens like mess with his brain and freak him out, and it causes him to go bananas. He runs away and, I assume, commits some crime, so he ends up, ends up in the, a home for the criminally insane. Um now that he knows that Bonsai has gotten to another dimension, Lazardo breaks out and he's like, it's time, it's time. Um, we then like, cut... I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, he wants to free his compatriots from the eighth dimension. Yeah, he like, has... He's, like, kind of possessed almost by, like, one of the... What's the so villains. bad about the eighth dimension? Well... Oh, it's I'll... a prison for yeah. people. Pace, we'll tell Get you in a moment. It. Well, he hasn't heard yet. You gotta be cool. Uh, Please do. So... Bonsai, Buckaroo Bonsai, and his band, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, um, which is kind of a weird <laughs> That's name the when name they told of his us. Band? Yeah, what when the they, fuck? Which is kind of weird because they told us at the beginning that his he was Japanese and there's no one Chinese in his band. So like, I don't. <laughs> I assume that we could just chalk that to good old fashioned '80s racism. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. They were like, you know, yep. Japanese, Hong Kong, whatever. Like, same thing. They probably just threw it in there, and you're like, yeah, they great, good did. job, good job, guys. Yeah, um, it's all the same. So they're performing at a nightclub, and then all of a sudden, Bonsai, like in the middle of a guitar solo, stops playing and goes, "Is somebody sad out there?" Who's crying? <laughs> because he has, <laughs> because he has an emotion detector, uh, and he interrupts them in order to in order to point out uh, Ellen Barkin, who plays a character named Penny Pretty, uh, which is a great name. Uh, and oh, she's PP! Out out there in the audience, crying. Uh, he performs a song for her, playing on the piano, uh, during which she tries to kill herself with a gun. Uh, and everyone in the room mistakes it for an assassination attempt on Bonsai, and then she is arrested. After <laughs> this movie's a fucking roller coaster, man. <laughs> he goes and he picks her up from the prison, and he finds out that she is the long lost twin sister of his dead wife. Uh, so he immediately <laughs> falls course. in love with her. Of course. And she's just baked into the movie. And I don't know why they couldn't have just 
given him a wife because she doesn't do anything else in this movie other than be his love interest. So he could have like just the damsel in distress. Yeah, <laughs> like, but like for five but that seconds, been his wife. Yeah, yeah. could have just been his wife. Yeah, it's also like I guess another like subtext with this entire movie is that anytime Buckaroo goes to do something, he's like super famous. Yeah. So like he just goes to the prison and they're like, it's Buckaroo Banzai and like his yeah. fucking cronies or whatever. And he walks in, like fucking flips him like a coin, like, Hey, take the day off or whatever. <laughs> to the guards. Like it's literally, he basically just like, there's no like busting her out of prison. He just goes to the prison is like by guard. And then just takes her out. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's fucking he crazy. Sounds like it's a like real he's the charismatic he's guy. He's the king, king of the world. Yeah. So basically, after he breaks her, breaks her out of prison, he decides uh, he takes her back to uh, his compound, and they suddenly become best friends, like in a in a long lost scene that I guess wasn't in the movie. Uh, and during this press conference that he's having, she's there. They're explaining everything about his technology, uh, and then he gets a call from the president on a payphone is or what he thinks is from the president it turns out to be these weird aliens called electroids and they zap him uh they're they're specifically red electroids these reptilian humanoids uh they zap him and they can't figure out what happened to him i think he writes down like a formula on his hand frenetically yes yes he goes back to the press conference and then there uh he sees a bunch of strange men who see he sees those as black electroids uh and they interrupt the press conference, shoot one of his friends, from what I remember. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, no. manages to, what, kidnap Dr. Hikita? Yeah, 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 yeah. They kidnap the doctor. Um, and then Buckaroo Banzai runs after him. Man, how much of this movie do I have to talk about? <laughs> it's absurd. I can it, jump in. Yeah, I can tag you in. If Can we do that? Yeah, just tag me in. Like, we'll just go back and forth. I don't oh, mind. This okay. is a special scenario. All it's right. a crazy fucking movie. All right, I'm going to tag you in. You ready? Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, so basically, like, now that Buckaroo can see these uh, the black electrons, like the aliens, he <laughs> can see them disguised as what? Electroids, <laughs> not electrons. <laughs> whatever the fuck. I said electrons. the same thing, really. Lectoids, whatever. He can see the fucking aliens. Uh they yeah they kidnap the doctor buckaroo goes to save him and his whole posse is sort of like scattered and everyone's trying to regroup and figure out what the fuck is going on um buckaroo ends up saving the uh doctor from the aliens and bringing him back to like his home base which is like his compound or whatever and they're all sort of meeting to regroup and figure out what happened at the press conference while they're doing this one of the red electrons right well actually i think i got it wrong earlier i think the red electro electroids are the bad ones and the black electroids are the good ones that's definitely okay i'm just gonna call them the good aliens okay let's do that yeah yeah, yeah, one of the good aliens um so also for the people who haven't seen this unless viewed through the eyes of buckaroo bonsai all the aliens look like humans like they have like disguises Mm -hmm. as humans except for buckaroo because he's been like zapped with this formula that allows him to see the aliens so like they live scenario yeah so one of the good aliens is trying to track down buckaroo bonsai because he's trying to tell him what is going on um and i guess we could just jump to the part where they finally kind of have this meeting Mm -hmm. one of the aliens gets to him and he video conferences in in with their like home base leader yeah yeah and they essentially say that the good aliens have imprisoned these bad aliens in the eighth dimension for like horrible crimes against their species and by driving his car through the mountain he has opened a rift in the eighth dimension and released them onto earth but they're stuck on earth because they have no spaceship so Buckaroo Banzai has 24 hours to get rid of the bad aliens or the good aliens will blow up the entire planet Earth just to keep the prisoners from escaping. Yep. I know that's pretty <laughs> wild, but that's what happens. Yeah, it seems... I, I've been able to follow this just really well, guys. It makes <laughs> it makes perfect sense. It seems logical to me. Good, good, mm-hmm. good, good, good. So, Buckaroo essentially hears this as like, I guess we got 24 hours to get these bad aliens. And that's exactly what they do. So John mm-hmm. Lithgow, in the meantime, is one of the the leader of the bad aliens, is like trying to get the device from Buckaroo's car that allowed him to travel through dimensions so he can build a spaceship out of it and escape. Um, he ends up kidnapping Penny Pretty, 
and using her as leverage to get Buckaroo Banzai to come confront him. There's a lot of funny dialogues with the president, and everybody thinks it's Russians because it's the 80s, so... Mm -hmm. Every time anything bad ever happens in an 80s movie, people assume it's the mm, Russians. It's the Russians. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, Kenan, There's can you also... talk for a second? I'm dying. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I do also want to like point out, too, that there, like a lot of unneeded humor is derived from the names of the people in this movie. So like uh, Lewis Smith plays one of Buckaroo Banzai's buddies, and I think we, we likened Pace to him earlier. His name is Perfect Tommy. Uh, mm, the, nice. Yes, that's right. The guy who possesses uh, John Lithgow's name is uh, Lord John Warfin. Um, Clancy <laughs> Brown plays a guy named Rawhide. Uh, but most importantly, oh. all oh. of the red electroids have names that actually I think all of them have names that start with John. Like every single one of the electroids. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and Christopher Lloyd's character is named name is John Big Bootay. But there is a constant <laughs> joke throughout the entire movie where they just call him Big Booty over it's and over like again. Over and over and over again. And he's like, it's Bootay. <laughs> it's Bootay. It's very I good. can't believe Christopher Lloyd is in this too. It's like such a crazy smattering of like stars in this movie. Wow. So how, how does it end though, guy? I'm really on a, on just well, this, you know. They you have, have a big cliff, showdown a at yeah. the company that the, like, there's so the the evil aliens have, like, this company that they mm-hmm. own. That Yo-Yo Dime Propulsion their, Systems. Yo-Yo Dime Propulsion. That's where they've been, like, building mm-hmm, their mm-hmm, spaceship mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buckaroo confronts them. They torture him. And, of course, he won't talk. He's Buckaroo. He's not going to talk. And he escapes. And they save Penny Pretty after John Lithgow and everybody tries to kill them. Mm-hmm. And then John Lithgow basically decides to fly his spaceship, even though he doesn't have the part that he needs to get off the planet. He's like, fuck it. I'm like doing my I'm one last ride. I don't know. He like Bonnie and Clyde right out of there. Yeah. So he takes off Buckaroo Banzai and one of the good aliens get in a spaceship that they find there and they have a nice space duel and they end up. I think they just end up shooting the spaceship with John Lithgow in it. That yeah, that's right. They end up shooting him. Uh, Bonsai like parachutes out of the pod that was on the bottom of the spaceship, uh, and the guy that the guy he was with, who was another John, like flies off and to tell his people not to destroy the not to destroy the Earth. Yeah, and yeah. then they basically like all montage at the, the, the credits of the movie so after this happens after they're like buckaroo save the planet yeah the credits are just like buckaroo and his posse just fucking walking in like a quarry or something they're, they're like in the an overflow reservoir in jersey yeah, or like something an like overflow that. reservoir just like posing <laughs> and i forgot to mention for pace uh jeff goldblum is in like the most ridiculous cowboy outfit the entire time yep i think i saw a picture of that <laughs> he plays a character um, named new jersey who was a neurosurgeon along with buckaroo bonsai <laughs> and he dresses in a bright red cowboy outfit for the entirety of the film this this film mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how this, the movie is this this film is some weird combination of like spa- <sighs> this makes, space cowboy science fiction mm-hmm. this makes big trouble um, little china look like a fucking documentary on, the, <laughs> yeah, really on martial arts it really yeah like, it really does I, I, you really also does. forgot to mention the part where after Buckaroo Banzai parachutes out of the sky after saving the world and killing John Lithgow, uh, he finds that Penny Pretty uh, did not survive her injuries, but then he, when he goes to give her a last kiss goodbye, she is zapped by whatever re- remaining electricity is within his body, and she is brought back to life. What the fuck? <laughs> this is that's magic. We're in, oh this is also God. a high fantasy movie. So you guys ready to talk about the science of this film? The kiss of life. Yeah. Hey, what are you going to talk about? What? <laughs> hey, Kenan. Uh, one of the things that I, uh, since I don't have a PhD and I'm really fucking stupid, I really want to know <laughs> what an atom is. <laughs> Jesus. Can you please tell me what an atom is, Kenan? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, <laughs> I think it'd be really helpful for our listeners yeah, if we could know what an atom is. I know is. you're being a butthole, but I think maybe it would be it would be nice to like actually uh, actually do it. So basically, no, I actually agree. So we learn in science classes that atoms are the basic building blocks of matter. But what that actually means is that they're the smallest unit of 
ordinary matter that has the properties of a chemical element. So everything that, uh, like when you look at the periodic table, for instance, uh, atoms of variety, like shapes and size, charges, things like that are what make up everything on the periodic table, right? But when we look closer at what atoms are actually comprised of, they're made up of what are known as elementary particles. Um, and in classical physics, these are broken up into fermions and bosons. So one of the reasons that I bring this up is because in the movie, um, Buckaroo Banzai, I think, or maybe Dr. Hikita, talk about what they're actually doing whenever they travel through this fucking mountain to a different dimension. And they say that they're going in between atoms. Uh, and as far as we know, human beings on our planet Earth, not in Buckaroo Banzai, Adventures Across the Eighth Dimension, uh, there's not actually just space between atoms. There's actual matter everywhere um, and what are known as subatomic particles. So uh, fermions actually include one of the things that people may have heard about before, which are known as electrons. These things carry a negative charge. Uh, they also exist on the uh, outer shell of the inner, the interior of atoms. The other thing that uh, you may recognize too are photons. This is an example of bosons. And then a lot of people may have heard in the news that there's something called the Higgs boson. Uh, this is another like sub level uh, of these types of particles. Ken, this is all really fucking good oh, stuff. Thank you. Just really yeah, good. It really all makes sense. It's not confusing at all. And but what I want. My head. <laughs> yeah. What I really want to know, though, is why I should care about subatomic particles. So, why they even matter? I guess. Can you educate me? Hey, wait. Why do they matter? <laughs> oh, cool. God. Nice. God, no. I'm really glad that Sean's not on the podcast anymore. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be really easy to edit out his entire part of this episode. <laughs> no, I actually can really like that. It was good. No, it was extremely good. It's going to banish me to the shadow realm. <laughs> to the eighth dimension, my boy. To the eighth dimension, yeah. Uh, so. This is all really just to say that there's no space in between, right? So, like, protons, neutrons, these types of things, they're actually made up of smaller subatomic particles. Uh, so, folks may have heard of quarks before. Uh, the things that make protons different from neutrons is that they're made up of different types of quarks. Uh, and in between each of these quarks are uh, forces that we think are mediated by something called, uh, something even smaller, which are called gluons, uh, which is... Again, just like very imaginative on the part of uh, part of physicists. Um, and for those of you who care, uh, if you look up elementary particles, there's an entire like you can get several charts that are like an entire set of interactions that tell you how these things break up. Um, so you'd be able to look at it and go like, OK, well, quarks, we know, make up protons. Quarks are part of fermions. Gluons are bosons. And that's how all these little things interact. Um, so whenever we think about matter and what it's comprised of, you just have smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller pieces the further you go. It's just peas all the way down. And then you get all the way down to the smallest unit. Mm -hmm. And what's the smallest unit? I think I think technically quarks are the smallest unit. Uh, physicists, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away, uh, and by that I mean the 1960s, there was something that was originally proposed called string theory. Uh, that's this idea behind uh, that's part of like quantum field theory. And from what I remember learning about string theory forever ago, these strings or a theoretical mess, thanks a lot, physics, uh, make up. Yeah. These are like the basis of what make up things like quarks. Uh, but please, if I'm wrong, which I probably am, someone write in and we'll read it on the show. Thanks. Well, the good thing, Kenan, is that nobody actually knows this shit, so no one can call you out on That's it. You true. can basically say whatever you want. That's why theoretical physicists are people that sit in offices and draw on whiteboards all day and mm -hmm. and crunch numbers to try to figure out what makes the universe tick. It's actually right? like, I mean, Pace, you've got a point. It's really, really not fair that if you know enough math, you can just sit in an office and bullshit. You can sit in an office all day yeah. and do bullshit. If you're good yes. enough at math, you can just yeah. make shit up. Because yeah. you're probably right. You can get you can get fucking tenure 
You can. You can get fucking tenure and publish on ideas. You can just publish ideas. <laughs> Do you hear that? Based upon numbers. Pace and I are calling you out, mathematicians. If you're just in mathematics, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you're fucking useless to society. Oh, my God. I was not expecting this, like, tirade on mathematicians I right mean, now. We're really sorry, mathematicians. Please continue to do what you do. We use all of your equipment. God, you're we so really smart. Need it to work. Oh, man, you solve so many problems. You really you make do. engineering Thank so much so easier. Thank you so much doing what you do because I oh. don't know any math. God damn it. Yeah. Oh my uh, honestly, goodness. Honestly, when Kenneth was talking the whole time, my eyes completely glazed over. I have no idea what the hell he was saying. So, and and he's not even a mathematician, but he was like possessed by the zool of mathematics for a second. It was uh, it was pretty crazy. Listen, I tried to look up a lot for this, and I have very limited background of physics, and I hope I got. You most did of a it good right. job, Kenneth. You did. You know what? Oh, you did as so far good. as I can tell, you were spot on. <laughs> so, wow. Wait, wait, wait. I do have one more quick question for you, yes, Kenneth, that I think you're going to be able to answer. Why Why do we, why would people care about wanting to split an atom? Mm, mm, mm. Good question. Good, very, very mm, good question mm. about how, about something that you would want to do I about know the answer. an atom. Oh, Sean. Uh, because when an atom splits, there's a lot of energy released, mm -hmm. and that's in the form of energy. <laughs> and... <laughs> oh, my God. Do you mean kinetic energy? Uh, yeah, basically, when you split, so there is like energy stored within the interactions of the subatomic molecules, like mm -hmm. that gets released when they break. Um, Somewhat similar to breaking a chemical bond. Yep. In, yeah, in exactly. That way. Like some like an exothermic reaction or something like that. Like that's thermal energy and breaking a chemical bond or something like that. But when you break the interactions between these subatomic particles much much more energy is released um and that is basically what is used in uh i guess like nuclear power plants it's like the energy given off boils water into steam and the steam turns a turbine and the turbine makes electricity mm -hmm. by turning so yeah and, yeah and the, yeah you're right the idea behind this and we, we mentioned gluons a little bit is there's something that's known as uh in particle physics as the strong interaction or strong nuclear force uh and this is what's mediated by gluons and so when when sean's getting at this basically when you're splitting atoms you're breaking apart these quarks that are making up these individual elementary particles and th because that force is so great it is all released all at once right Right. Just know that Ellie Quark is, um, she makes a really good, uh, yogurt that's based upon cheese as opposed to milk or like, and it's supposed to be very, uh, low in, <laughs> low in fat and high in protein. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Did you okay. click on the Quark disambiguation page on Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> no, I already knew that. I already knew that. So what you're saying is that splitting an atom has the potential for harnessing energy, but I'm going to guess that does not come into play even a little bit. In this no, movie. I really don't think it does. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. All right. Pace, just double checking. This movie takes the definition of science fiction and just fucking rolls with it, oh, man. Yeah. Like, there is, there is, they take the science part and they shrink it down and they take the, the fiction part and they blow it up real big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mostly fiction with very little science. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. Cool. Um... So, I mean, that makes sense, but you know what I really want to talk about? What's that? Oh, what? What I really want to talk about, which I think is arguably a more um, <sighs> favorable topic by mm -hmm. the people that listen to our mm -hmm. show and in the world, which is what alternate dimensions are and parallel universes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's what I, I really want to talk about um, because yeah, I really yeah. want to meet another me. I want to meet another me so I can meet someone as smart as I am. No, no, I feel that is what I would really like. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um, well, do you want to yeah. do you want to hear where the idea of the concept of alternate dimension dimensions first came from? So, like parallel universes. That's I would. Right. So, I would. basically, uh, back in um, 1934, there was a story written by Marie Leinster called "Sideways in Time," uh, who basically the long and short of it is he took this. He took this concept and said, okay, you know how you need a latitude and a longitude to mark your position on Earth? Uh, let's apply this to, like, time and space. And so the idea that, like, if you, if you look at it for – if you look at it under that context, traveling along a latitude, he says, is, like, akin to time travel. So you're going through past or present, and that describes your, your position in time, while traveling along the longitude is tra traveling perpendicular to time and into other realities. So the idea is that you're passing through different universes, still sticking with this concept of linear time. 
Um, and so from there, it was this idea that if the fourth dimension is time, then an additional dimension parallel to that is the parallel dimension or like a fifth dimension, sixth dimension, dimension yada, yada, yada. Um, all all occurring at the same point in time right well and you could you could imagine more that like time is a grid with infinite points on that grid um and that if we move in one direction again say the i believe i said longitude that's position from past and present and then if you move along the latitude or whichever the one i said uh that's moving you at points throughout space um so because it's an infinite grid there are infinite times points in time which means there's also infinite points in space uh which can put you into parallel universes um which is where this concept originally came from again yeah do you think after this uh explanation you could just edit like a huge bong rip sound in or something (laughs) like that like just uh... Listen, if anyone can explain dumb bullshit, it's me. I, I very, very much br- pride myself on I'm this just waiting for you to exhale still. Like, I'm waiting for the, uh, just yeah. a, the pot cloud to just come out of your fucking mouth. Fucking like Elon Musk or some shit. Great. You, it was great. I loved it. I mean, I was just, I was captivated. I was checking my water to make sure that there weren't just pieces of weed floating in it. I was like, maybe Kevin pranked me. He came down here. Oh, I was just gonna say, isn't don't, isn't there actual evidence for for um for the for the multiverse theory? You mean evidence or math? Because there's math. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's all it's it's all conceptual evidence. Which oh, at I that mean, point is it is it really even evidence? If you um, want to see the math, we got the math. Okay, I mean, not I me, but the royal we. We have the math. We have the math. The royal we. If, yeah. If Arby's yeah. has the meats, we have the math. <laughs> we have the math. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the royal we in this case is just Neil deGrasse Tyson like sitting on his toilet tweeting, right? Like <laughs> he's just like that's... he's like, hey, don't worry. The I just double checked the math; it's still good. Math looks good. <laughs> math looks good. <laughs> the math looks good. Neil deGrasse Titan- Tyson's bathroom walls must just be whiteboards, right? Like they have to just it's be all whiteboards. white. No, no, no. Oh god, yeah. that's unfortunate. <laughs> well, that would be good. <laughs> okay, maybe they're good. blackboards. Like just, just you know. Yeah, okay, that, that makes more sense, right? Wait, why are they blackboards? Uh, to cut out the need for cleaning products, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. for cleaning products, yeah. It's a very gross conversation that I'm going to... Why doesn't Neil, De- Neil deGrasse Tyson use cleaning products? For no, his, it's because it's, it's for, for his the bathroom. Poop. He's the poop. on the poop. He's on the toilet, and you have whiteboards well, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, but So I you mean... don't want to get, you know, poop marks places, so you just use blackboards, ah! so you can't see them, you know? To, to walk backwards from Neil deGrasse Tyson's butt... Um, I, 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 I've, you do not want to walk forward. That's for sure. It's a good butt, though. That's probably a nice butt. Uh, probably a nice butt. I, I, and many other scientists, and by that I mean the majority of physicists, honestly think that multi multiverse theory is not a legitimate field of scientific inquiry and kind of the general argument is that it's more of like a philosophical notion and it borders on one of these things where like, yes, you can make stipulations and you can you know kind of make inferences based on what you know about the physical universe and then try and apply them and expand them but realistically speaking there's no physical evidence that we can measure for the presence of other universes uh and in 2010 there was a scientist named oh my god i just read his name named stephen feeney uh who had claimed <laughs> that there was mr feeney claimed that there is evidence oh that our universe had collided with others uh, other parallel universes in the past um and they had taken a lot of like uh, a lot of satellite data and was trying to find these like statistical the statistical evidence of like bubble universes colliding and i have no idea what that data looks like but i do know that at least one person uh put their scientific career on the line to try and say that multiverse theory is in fact real wow okay yeah we have talked about I mean, a lot of nerd shit yeah i'm really sorry it's a bold i feel move. like i've been talking the whole time no it's okay Hey, uh, how about this, Kenneth? I got something I can talk about that is a direct thing that happened in the movie okay, cool. that is an example of fakey fake science bullshit. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to tell it to you right now. Okay, let's hear <laughs> so, it. Pace, something that we left out of the plot of this movie, which, uh, again, just like fucking peeling an onion with this goddamn movie. There's, you know how we said that Buckaroo was inoculated with this like electrical charge that allowed him to see the disguised aliens? Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. So. That looked like humans. Yeah, mm-hmm. they looked like humans, and he was inoculated with this like electric thing. Um, but he's the only one who can see them, and he needs the rest of his crew to be able to see the aliens also. So, uh, <laughs> what they somehow came to the conclusion of is that 
the aliens emit a certain type of bacteria, and if you're around the aliens, you're inhaling that bacteria that's airborne, and it's going into your brain, and it's releasing chemicals to trick your brain into seeing a human. <laughs> that is what they fucking say in this movie, and there's oh, obviously... finally, something biology. Something biology, <laughs> okay. I know, for God's sake. I know. Okay. I never thought we'd be so excited to hear about bacteria shitting oh. into our brains, but <laughs> so what they do to merit this is they all wear essentially scuba diving gear while they're fighting the aliens, so that's it's pretty great, but this is their well, you justification. You can't be breathing that shit in. Yeah, yeah you can't I mean... be breathing in that alien bacteria. That's crazy. Um, yeah, that's like I, the um, what is that? What are those bacteria that like go into the minds of uh, what is it like flies or ants, uh, and they basically just like uh, take control of their behavior? Um, oh, I, actually, I think you're thinking of uh, it's like a fungus. Yeah, there's right? a fungus that does it. A specific. Oh, it might be a fungus. Yeah, um, uh, Ophiocordyceps unilateralis. Um, like yeah, it's it's in like tropical ants, uh, and the ant yeah. like yeah basically bites down on a leaf uh and then just like with a death grip just sits there and dies um and then there's like another one that yeah makes like it... suicidal ants yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then there may it might be yeah. the same one but there's another one that like makes it climb to the top of a leaf uh and then be like eat me eat me eat me yes yep. that is right yeah. i remember that that is fucking crazy yeah. Wow. Nature's um, wild. Physics is boring. So I guess now that you brought that up, I guess this doesn't sound as crazy <laughs> as I thought it was, but <laughs> it is it is still pretty crazy. Like the fact that there's bacteria that you're breathing in that is getting to your brain. There's this thing in humans uh, called the blood brain barrier. Mm-hmm. It's not just in humans. It's in like mammals and a lot of organisms, but it's essentially like your brain is not does not use blood as its like primary medium for getting nutrients. It uses cerebral spinal fluid. So like this is a way of your body distinguishing the fluid in your head from the fluid in the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you have a barrier that is supposed to help prevent things like bacteria and viruses from getting into your brain. Mm-hmm. Because if mm-hmm. you have swelling mm-hmm. in your brain, uh, that's really bad because you'll die. So it's just kind of interesting that like they're like, yeah, you're just breathing in this bacteria that's infecting your brain and just like changing the way your visual center is processing information that's pretty i don't think that's possible it's a bold it's a bold statement no it wouldn't it wouldn't be yeah yeah because i mean like Um, technically you know if you change your visual cortex inputs you're changing what you think you're seeing but that's an oddly specific image to be able to conjure with a bacteria yeah that's true and you would think that uh if it it would be like different from from person to person, right? Um, you know, b- based upon kind of like the unique architecture of your visual cortex, and mm-hmm. I, I think that creating the same image would be difficult. Um, and yes. since uh, we have a resident neurosurgeon on the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. we know that he could also tell us, um, Doctor Michael Christopher Pace, uh, that if you do mm-hmm. get bacteria that crosses the blood brain barrier, and it uh, enters a specific region of your brain called the meninges um it's Mm -hmm. a bad time for your body yeah you get this cool 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 disease Mm -hmm. called meningitis and by cool i mean it's very Uh deadly what is the meninges because i actually don't know the answer to that question it's the layer around the brain it's like the layer of connective tissue around the brain isn't it yeah so the the um the meninges if you've ever seen a brain have you ever seen a brain you've seen a brain (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh you you'll notice that it kind of has it has like a sheen to it, mm. right? Like it's not um, it's it's yeah uh, yeah, yeah it's tiger actually blood a winning. Sheen. <laughs> um, <laughs> such, so bad. Um, there's kind of a sheen to it that like uh, that the vessels are kind of integrated in, right? And that's basically called the meninges, which is composed of three layers: uh, the dura matter, the arachnoid matter, and the pia matter. And these mm. basically all surround the brain, uh, and they're like they're beneath beneath the skull um which is obvious mm-hmm. but um ba- yeah so basically what they're what they're ostensibly doing is protecting the brain uh and adding a little bit of extra cushion in case you're kind of like you know sloshing that thing around in so there. basically if you get bacteria in there this is right up against your skull and right against, up against your brain you get inflammation and you die yeah you can yeah yeah you can you can die I think viral yes. meningitis is mm-hmm. the one that is really dangerous right because it's it's much sure. harder to treat there, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if the bacteria, the bacteria is responsive to antibiotics, and it's like caught early, you can treat it. Mm-hmm. But it's also just like, 
it can be bad too. It just depends how bad you are by the time a doctor realizes you have meningitis most of the time. Fair enough. Because the thing is the pressure inside your head increases and like intracranial increased intracranial pressure can just like kill you. Yeah. So So that's everything to say that, Yeah, you yeah. Oops, sorry, we we're gonna say pace. No, I was just gonna say you can also you can also get like depending on which on, on which area of your brain is affected, you it, it's gonna present with like you can have seizures oh, yeah um, you can have like you're not shit happening yeah yeah and that um, is pace you're welcome i was able to extract biology from buckaroo bonsai <laughs> and his adventures oh, across the eighth dimension i feel good that you got <laughs> to comment you. on something about this stupid fucking movie <laughs> yeah yeah what a dumb film uh with no with, with um with no science in it. Okay. Cool. Well, so I guess what we're trying to say is that nothing is real and uh, everyone who's in this movie oh. would have uh, meningitis. <laughs> yes, that's, <laughs> cool. that's exactly it. Everything else would have been going perfectly fine and then they would have just got meningitis when they saw an alien. <laughs> <They'd> been dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They'd just been dead right away. Cool. So do we want to... I don't know if you guys are feeling good about this, but one of the things that I was... Th- <laughs> oh, we're in the ratings. <laughs> Wow, what a smooth transition. I, what a smooth transition. That was really good. I want to hear Pace's first, please. <laughs> Pace, can oh, you please no. rate this movie? <laughs> I didn't even see it. Okay, well, hold on. What we will do, all right. why don't you rate it now? No, no, I, I know what I'm going to do. Huh? Okay, all right. Okay, all right. I, I know what I'm going to okay. do. Okay, now. Okay, good. In this Light movie, office. for the entertainment factor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to give it a red jumpsuit out of appar- apparatus. apparatus. Okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> and that's, um, I, th- I think that's as high as I can go. Okay. Well, uh, if you, I'm pretty sure that's all that I can if do. If you will indulge me for a second, what's the highest on that scale and the lowest on that scale? You don't yeah, get to ask so... that question. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> the highest on the highest on that scale I don't know. It would probably be, um, I don't know, maybe The Offspring. And then maybe the the lowest would probably be Blink-182. Wow. Um, Whoa, like what? I, yeah, you, yeah, I think so. What kind of fucked up scale are you working with here? One I don't know. I'm kind of making it up as I go along. One day without insulting Blink-182. <laughs> I always forget. I've gone weeks. Doesn't like Blink-182 <laughs> for some reason. But apparently yeah. likes red jumpsuit apparatus no, more than Blink-182. I, I do, I did. do, actually. I, I don't think he does based on what I think Pace thinks about this movie. <laughs> but more than Blink-182. <laughs> I mean, I... More than Blink-182. I'm going to yeah, give you true. this as one time, but you're entitled to your own opinion. All right. About... And now for the science, for the science, um, I'm just going to give it a big old meningitis. Yep. Is what yeah, I'm going to yeah, give yeah, it. Tracks. I tracks. think that that's... Um, I think that's what we can say about the science in this movie, cool. uh, and I think that's I think I can I think I can easily back that up if I were asked to. I you know what I won't ask you to what we what we can do on Thanks. a future episode is after we've sat down and we've had I don't know eight beers uh, we'll watch this movie and then we can have a brief segue where you re-rate this movie on give an actual yeah, yeah, rating yeah. okay yeah thank I you I love that cool. I also love uh, rating our movies on like '90s emo alternative bands. Like that's, I really would love to do that. Cool. We'll try and bake that into the bake that into the podcast. Sean, do you want to do your ratings? Yeah, next? that sounds great. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm going to use a scale from Good Charlotte to um, <laughs> I don't even know. Fucking Blink 182. Okay, fair. From Good Charlotte oh, to Blink 182. Okay, all right. That and I'm going to give it a rise against. Okay. So yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. That's acceptable. Like, that's yeah. acceptable. So, okay, I guess I'll give it an actual fucking rating too. Yeah, because um, I was having a hard time thinking of bands, so I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of <laughs> you could maybe do like the used <laughs> or like a Hawthorne Heights, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. I could do I could do Good Charlotte to uh, My Chemical Romance, and then I would My probably Romance, give it yeah. right. the used for right. sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or maybe a trapped. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh <so>. God. Oh. <laughs> okay. Give me those good ratings. A little bit. Of- Okay. All right. Okay. Enough two thousands narrow casting. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give it like a six out of ten for the entertainment. Maybe a seven out of ten. It's I actually like the movie. Yeah. I do wish I was watching it with other people and drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched it by myself, not drinking, and I think it would be improved by watching it in a group and drinking. That seems like less fun, Sean. Yeah, a lot less fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, drinking's never fun. It's always worse. It's a lot of work. Um, but <laughs> no, no, the... I mean by yourself and sober is <laughs> less fun. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. I'm glad we all fucking got there. <laughs> yes, it was less fun being sobered by oh. myself. But um, for the science, I'm going to give it a zero out of, um, I don't know, three days grace. <laughs> so nice. Zero out of three yeah, days grace. Zero out of three days yeah. grace. There's no science yeah. in the movie. I'll be, I'll be nice and quick with mine. Uh, I'm going to give the entertainment factor a four out of five for sure. There are some parts that are difficult to watch because they're that bad. Uh, and then for the science, I'm definitely going to give it a uh, one out of five. I don't think, I think I have to give it a zero out of five because I think other movies that have had slightly better science, I've given a one out of five. So I think I'm going to just drive that through the floor as far as I possibly can, because there isn't any fucking science in this movie. I think that's just And what fine. science I like that. is in this movie like, is bad, and it's not real. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like at least a zero out of Panic at the Disco, okay. for sure. Okay, all right. Like, <laughs> right. Okay. I'll, 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 I do love, love me some Brendan Yuri. I just want to say to listeners, I've been in a weird mood today, and I've cursed a lot, so I apologize. I'm, I, I like the cursing. Okay. Yeah, Pace, right. they listen to the disclaimers. They fucking know. I know. We talked about Neil deGrasse Titan's Titan? Neil deGrasse Tyson's Titan. Neil deGrasse Titan. It's <laughs> a superhero name. Neil deGrasse Titan. That's when he goes fucking mecha and turns into like, <laughs> turns into his Voltron state. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Teen Titan's butt. Science communication is important. So, yes. boys, I do have a very, <clears throat> very important question. What movie are you going to watch next week? Well, Kevin, next week, we really got a treat for everybody. Do We're we? going to be watching... We're gonna be watching Bubble Boy. <laughs> uh, Wait, the, I, I hate that the, we talked about Bubble this Boy. like weeks ago and decided on it. And yeah, I, I think I really thought that we would get Pace back on the podcast and that he would be the voice of reason. But um, no, I'm actually actually I'm really down to see our boy Jakey G just <laughs> all scrunched up in a ball. See, that was the thing, um, Kevin. Your fatal f- mistake is that. Pace loves Jake Gyllenhaal That's so much that any What's not movie to with love? Jake I Jakey G. <laughs> Jakey G. I do want to give Jakey G aside. I do want to give a brief disclaimer for this movie, and this is not one that like I know for sure is going to happen. But I haven't seen Bubble Boy since like 2003, probably, and I just want to say I'm really sorry in advance for how offensive this movie probably is. <laughs> Is it? I, I haven't seen it at all, but it's. I for one, it's about a kid with. Uh, um, uh, he he has an autoimmune disorder in which he has to stay inside like a protected environment because he has very very low immunity. I assume that's played for laughs the entire time. So, uh, but it'll give us a good springboard to talk about autoimmune disorders and things like that. So it will, yeah. which we haven't talked about which before. We haven't. Yeah, we can finally and talk can... about lupus. <laughs> oh my god, the answer will finally be lupus, guys. <laughs> oh my god. Dr. Gregory Pace House over here. <laughs> yes. All right. So we're going to watch uh, Bubble Boy. You can find it on iTunes, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play. It's uh, three bucks. Um, so go hog wild. We're very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Go hog wild. And hey, go you know, if you don't want to watch it, just there. listen to us and we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Actually, send us some questions uh, on autoimmune disorders, immunity, um bacterial infections viral infections all sorts of stuff that's actually like a wheelhouse that we can play in whether or not you watch this bad bad movie send us some queries uh either at realsciencecast at gmail.com uh on our instagram page at realsciencecast on our twitter at realsciencecast or find us on facebook where sean will be happy to engage you uh on his very good posts that feature lots of words and i assume images as well I try to do at least one image per post. Okay, cool. Just for the people that don't want to read any of the things that I wrote. I like that. I like that. You do a really good job. You really just get the message across. You well, do. Thanks. You do. Yeah. You're quite the picture smith. I'm proud of Aww. us. I'd even call the Oh, those are called painters, right? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. picture smith. Yeah, I'm a painter. Yep. Sean is a painter <laughs> of uh people's hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's me. <laughs> God, my mind feels so painted by you right now. Are you now. guys excited to be back after basically a month of not recording? I actually am. I mean, the internet issues have been a little frustrating, yep. but that aside, I'm glad we're back. I've been cutting out the entire I'm still time. adjusting. Yes, Kenneth has been cutting out. I froze twice, and Pace has just been sitting here going like, why me? Why me? And why also is this looks happening? like he's sweating almost as much as <laughs> I am, much. which really sucks. Yeah. God, 
we have a leather office chair and like it's a great chair but my butt is on fire right now like it's so <laughs> yeah, hot it is. it's just yeah i have a very shiny just really face. roasting yeah i live in florida uh i did want to say that we got uh one question this week uh before we move on completely uh and that was actually from uh a uh, friend of the podcast and patron Bartholomew Hoffman, and he actually asked us about string theory, so we tried to work that in kind of a little bit early on, while also just sort of trying to, like, stick it in without avoid, like, by and avoiding talking about it too much, because we don't know a lot. <laughs> yeah, of course, that was perfect. We, we were like, okay, well, someone asked, so we should say the word string theory mm-hmm. and then move on, because we're not physicists. <laughs> but we did kind of answer it. <laughs> but we did say the word string theory. God, this episode is just one of our, definitely one of our most credible and, and you know, like, impressive that we listen done. i really just i learned a lot of really good scientists elementary physics you know, for I this think, fucking episode I you did end. i actually was very impressed by what you put <laughs> together you. that's the first non-sarcastic thing i've said on the show the entire time yeah. <laughs> it was to the point where i was like does kenan actually know this stuff is kenan one of those math people mm-hmm. does he know this or is he just reading this i can't these tell. fucking math nerds you know the types well, neil i think we should looking at you neil i think we should yeah, end neil. this episode because it's about 90 degrees in this office and i want to get out of it okay I think it's a good idea. Okay. Well, uh, so we love you guys. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you all for sticking with us, even though we took a month off of recording. We really appreciate it, and we're super glad to be back. We needed it, and I just want to say that we originally took it off like for a lot of reasons, but also because Pace has been traveling a whole lot. Pace is still traveling. We just managed to squeak one in. <laughs> yeah, we just managed to squeeze yeah, you one guys- in. And consider yourself lucky. Hey, so lucky! Thank you so much for taking time. I know you should be packing right now. So, yeah, we'll actually, you're the man. We will actually end the episode. My name is Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. My name is Michael Pace. And remember, guys, <laughs> it, my wife. If oh, I mean, <laughs> remember, guys, if Martin Sheen were in a movie where he went to space, it would be called Martian Sheen. Oh. Okay, so you literally said, like, what are your signs are you going to talk about this movie, and then I froze. Okay. Oh, I just threw up a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, what? I tried to burp. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. Wow, be um, careful burping, though. That's a dangerous business. Oh, it's still there. Ugh. I'm in the da- I'm in the dangerous business of burping. Of burping. Erg. <laughs> Me father was a burper. A and his father before My him. My father was a burper, and his father before him was a burper. And they've been burping for all of their days. <laughs> He's been down to the burp mines for generations. No, I've got the burp lung. No, I've got the gas lung. <laughs> it's been the power of burping that's been passed through the burper line for generations. Okay.